Hey, my name is Sam Anderson, and I'm the student pastor here with Crossroads Students. If this message speaks to you in any way, we'd love to invite you to one of our student nights. They're for all students from 6th grade to 12th grade, and it takes place at Bradley Central High School's Little Theater. Please be encouraged. Enjoy the message. All right, I know I'm not supposed to encourage peer pressure, but do any of you have that one friend in your life? Like, do any of you have that, that one friend that no matter what, they can probably get you to do something? Like that one friend that if they like jerk your arm enough, you know, if they ask you enough times, you're, you're at the point where you're like, all right, I'll do it. Anybody got that friend? Or how about I had this friend that, that would basically do anything if you told him that he wouldn't do it. That sounds really dumb, but it worked every time. It'd be like Michigan in 20 degrees weather and the lake would be out there and I'd be like, bro, you will not jump in that lake. And he'd be like, what did you just say to me? <laughs> be like, bro, you will not jump in that freezing cold lake right now. And sure enough, his shirt's off two seconds later. He's in his boxers in the middle of the lake. And I'm like, you're an idiot, man. Like, why do you let me have that much influence on you? But there are people in your life that, you know what, just have a lot of influence over you. There are people in my life that have a lot of influence over me. But what I want to talk to you about tonight is the influence that you have for other people. This is a crazy message I'm talking about tonight because Tristan actually uh, texted me while I was at the gym. Shameless plug, I'm working out now, so your youth pastor's going to be swole. Just kidding, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but so uh, me and Tristan, we're at the, I was at the gym and he texted me and he was like, um, hey, how, have you ever thought about talking to the students about like being leaders in the student ministry and like being in charge of like different departments of the youth group and all this? And I was like, well, boy, do I got a story for you. So that's tonight we're, what we're going to be talking about. And we might not get into specific jobs just yet. But tonight I want to tell you that you have an anointing. That every one of you in this room has an anointing. And you're probably like, I don't even know what that word means. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you what that means tonight. The definition of an anointing means, it means like a smear. It means a covering. It could be kind of like, uh, the be- this is the easiest way I can describe it. Anybody seen The Lion King? Anybody seen The Lion King? In the beginning, Rafiki, the monkey, like opens up this coconut weird melon thingy, and then he spreads that red blood-looking stuff over Simba's head, and then he like raises him up, and all the animals go crazy. Okay, so essentially what Mufasa was doing to Simba in that moment is he was anointing him. And he put him, to Mufasa, sorry, to Simba. What he was doing to Simba was he was anointing him, and he was, the the name of the movie, The Lion King, he was anointing him to be king later on. A lot of you probably didn't realize that that's what was happening. You thought Rafiki was just weird. Well, he's weird too, but that's what happened. Like, that that was the point of that moment. That was the beginning of that moment. There was anointing him to be king. And there's a passage of scripture in the Bible that's kind of like the Lion King, if you really want to think about it. Um, It's in the book of 1 Samuel, and it's about David, when David was anointed to be king. And last week, what we talked about was having a confidence, not in ourselves, but a confidence in God that, that allowed us to do the miraculous, that allowed us to go in our schools, in our campus, that allowed us to do incredible things. We talked about that, that, that confidence 
But that confidence didn't come out of thin air when we talked about David last week. That confidence actually happened through an anointing. And what today, what I want to do is I want to dive into a passage of Scripture in 1 Samuel and talk about where this anointing came over David. And I believe by the end of the night that God's going to anoint some of you and call some of you to go out and do your purpose and go out and slay your giants. So you ready for that? Here we go. 1 Samuel 16, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Samuel, You have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. I'm reading now the New Living's translation. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there, for I've selected one of his sons to be my king. But Samuel asked, how can I do that? If Saul hears about this, he's going to kill me. Take a heifer with you, the Lord replied, and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you which of his sons to anoint for me. So Samuel did as the Lord instructed. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. What's wrong, they asked. Do you come in peace? Yes, Samuel replied. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. So then Samuel performed the purification right for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice too. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Elab. pronounce biblical names wrong, sorry, Elab, and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. So he took a look at him, and he was like, yep, that's the dude. That's got to be the king. Like, just looking at him, like, he looks buff, he looks strong, he looks very king-like, he looks like a handsome guy. You know what? You're the king. That's what it's got to be it. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. Look at your neighbor and say, you've been rejected. For I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Now look at that same neighbor and say, quit tripping. The Lord's looking at my heart. (laughs) Then Jesse told his son to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one the Lord has chosen. I, I feel like I'd be very confused if I was Jesse. I'd be like, what do you mean? Like, this is my strong son? I don't think you want my weak son. I think you want my strong son. My strong son's here. He's probably king. But he's like, sorry, that's not what God told me. Sorry, that doesn't work out. Sorry, bub. <laughs> then Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? And he said, they're still the youngest, Jesse replies, but he's out in the field watching the sheeps and the goats. <laughs> and then Samuel said, send for him at once. We're not going to sit down and eat until he arrives. Samuel's like, he's serious. He's like, I'm hungry. I just came from a really long, far away place, but I'm not even going to eat until you bring your son David here now. But that doesn't make a lot of sense to Jesse because he's like, like this is my like small son, like This is my big son. This is my small son. You don't want my small son. He hangs out with the goats. (laughs) Like, these are my giant slayers. These are my goats. (laughs) Who do you want? He's like, no, I want that to be king. So he's like, okay. So now, (laughs) that one. So Jesse sent for him, and he was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. So descriptive. And the Lord said, this is the one. Anoint him. So David stood there among his brothers, Samuel, took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. I want you to remember that point right there in verse 13. He anointed him 
And then the Spirit of the Lord powerfully came upon him from that day on. Those are the big words right there. From that day on. Meaning, from that day on. (laughs) Right? (laughs) From that day on. And then we get into what we talked about last week. We know the incredible things that David did. Slaying the giant. Doing all these other incredible things that it talks about in, in the Bible. But let me tell you something. The giant would have never been slayed if there was never the anointing. Goliath would have ruled over all of them. His head would still be attached. Like he would, he would have still been alive and ruled all over all of them if there was not the anointing of David. People would have died. They would have been enslaved. Like so much would have happened. You think the big moment of the story is when he picked up the rocks. Newsflash, the rocks didn't have any power. The anointing did. The, the rocks had zero power. The slingshot had no power. The power didn't come from any of that. The power came from the anointing. And some of you in this place tonight are so consumed with your rocks. You're so consumed with your, with your slingshot. You're so consumed with, with, with yourself that you're forgetting that what you really need is the anointing from God. And he wants to anoint you in this place tonight. He wants to anoint you like now. But I think a lot of us doubt this. And that's why I entitled this message, It's All in Your Head. Look at your neighbor say, it's all in your head. It's all in your head, man. It's all in your head. Because here's what we think. There's so much going on in our head. We look in a room like this, look around, and we see people with talent. We see people with influence, with charisma, with athletic abilities, with, with in- intellect. We see smart people, big people. Fa- we see people that look a lot better than us. Like, I don't know about you, but when I was in high school, and still today, I look in the room, and I never think I'm the best. <laughs> never. Like, I immediately always think, like, there is somebody better for this. Like, there is somebody that can beat me. But remember what David, what God told David, that, that God doesn't look at the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. See, here's what David was doing. Here's the difference between David and his brothers. His brothers were like in a line, like, let's go, ready to be king. Like, dad, thank you for inviting me. Like, I'm at it. Like, time to be king. It's my job. King, king, king. David's over here being faithful to the sheep. They were willing, but I don't know. I, sometimes I just take the Bible and it comes alive to me, and I assume things that might not even be completely true about people, but... I do that with real people anyways. But to me, I always look at the brothers and I think like, man, I feel like like they're in line. Like I got this image of these like brothers like standing up, like sizing each other up, like in line, like just really wanting to be king. Like the dad brought him and was like, all right, these are my dudes. And like they're just ready. And I see David as this like smaller, like humble guy, like. Kind of like Peter Parker and Spider-Man, you know, like really humble, like unassuming, but really cool. Like this really nice dude. But he's faithful. That's what God's looking for. He's looking for people that are faithful. He's not looking for the ones that are just like 
like, I want the power. He's looking for the people that say, I'm ready to give the power away. I'm ready for the power to come over me so I can just give it away so I can change lives. He's not, he's not looking for people that want authority. He's looking for people who are ready to use authority for his glory. So there's a lot of people in this place, though. You're looking around, and you just see people that aren't better. But let me remind you that God doesn't call people who are already anointed because he's the only one who can place the anointing in the first place. Your ability is nothing without the anointing. And what's just as true is your lack of ability will be covered by the anointing. So it's time for us to position ourselves to be ready for the anointing. You have influence. Somebody is always watching you. That's hard for some of you to believe. Whether you, one of the smartest people ever, I don't remember who it was, but one of the smartest statements ever that I've ever heard was, whether you like it or not, you have influence, but what you do with it is dependent on you. Whether you like it or not, you have some sort of influence. That could be influence to, 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 to let somebody do something good. It could be influence to, to make somebody worse. Like, you have influence no matter what, but what you do with it, that's the key. But I think there's a step further between influence and anointing. And I think there's a step different between influence and talent. Let me do a quick math equation for you. Influence plus talent plus anointing equals like, golly. <laughs> like you can literally change the world. Influence plus talent plus anointing, you can change the world. I'm going to need you to be quiet in the front, please, guys. You can literally change the world with that. Whether you have influence or not, isn't the, like you have influence. You got that out of the way. You're talented with something. It's up to you to, to perfect that craft. And the anointing is something you just got to receive. But are you willing to be anointed? Some of you are on a football team. And you think the reason you're on that team is to, 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 to throw the ball, to, to complete passes. You think the reason you're on that team is for your athletic ability, but God's saying it wasn't ever about that. It was about, it was about spreading my gospel. It was about bringing healing to the to other people on your team. Like you think you're on the team because you're good at football, and you are, but you know what? It's actually your role to, to do something for me. Some of you are in a school that you really don't like, and God's like, I don't care whether you like it or not. I called you here because this is my mission field for you, because I'm calling you to set people free. Some of you are sitting next to the person you don't want to sit next to because of all this corona stuff, and there's all these assigned seats, and it's annoying as ever. And God's like, you know what? No, that's a divine appointment because I'm going to use you to spread the gospel into, into your school. God's got something for every single one of you. Some of you are already walking in your anointing. I can look at some of you in this place right now, and you're already walking in it. Like something shifted in you these past few weeks, this past year, and you're literally already walking into your anointing. But some of you are so close, and you just need to receive it. 
And God's just having this moment where he's got he's to he's get you to understand that you've got to get yourself away and understand that the anointing he's given you, he's got to let you stop looking at your outward appearance. There's nothing that disqualifies you from the anointing if you're pursuing him with all your heart. Nothing. He's calling every one of you. Maybe it's just not outward appearance when it comes to talent or looks. or Maybe that's not what thinks disqualifies you. Maybe it's sin in your life. Maybe it's things you battled with in the past. Maybe it's an addiction in this place. You can literally leave that all aside. And you can step into the anointing that God has for you today. Right now. David wasn't perfect. David was a man after God's own heart. But if you read this book, he did some pretty messed up stuff. David wasn't perfect, but he's anointed. But are you willing to receive that? Do you care enough to walk in anointing? Do you care enough about the people that are in your sphere of influence? If you don't, that's okay. Like, you can keep coming here. It's cool. I don't think this place is that much fun if you don't like God. (laughs) I just don't. I think it's probably a pretty boring place. I think if you're not after the heart of the Father, I think this place is just probably not. We intentionally do that, to be honest with you. Like, we don't do, like, 35 minutes of fun games and drinking Coke out of socks and like giving like iPads away and stuff. Like we, we, we actually just want this place to be a place for people to pursue Jesus and people to find Jesus and to find freedom. Like that's the goal of this place. I can point you to many different places where you can go and just have fun. There's roller skating rinks and bars and clubs and y'all can go on there and sin and do whatever you want. But this is the place where we're going to pursue the fart of the Father. This is the place where we're going to pursue the heart of the Father. And if you're in this place tonight, I think I I got an inclination that maybe this anointing is is something you want. But you can't get anything until you receive it. And if you want that confidence, if you want to go out and slay giants in your school, If you want the ability to walk in an anointing, here's what happens when you walk in anointing. Here's what happens. Your confidence gets gets larger. And because of that, when you pray for people that are sick, they actually get healed. Because of that, those friends that you've been praying forever to come to Jesus, you stop just praying for them and you actually start inviting them because there's a confidence within you and, and you're ready to do it. The Bible talks about an anointing that, that I think is Peter, that he walked in literally his shadow, like people fell out in the Holy Spirit because his anointing was so strong. Maybe you're in this place and you're like, I you know, honestly say I'm like, You could talk about this for 20 minutes. I don't care. Like, the anointing isn't something that's very interesting to me. But for those of you that do, it's here right now and it's available. 
If you're a student, it's here right now. It's available. If it's a college student in this place, I know we've got some college kids here. God's calling some of you to, to walk in anointing to lead these students. Like you're not just here to, to come worship God. Like you got chapel Tuesday and Thursday for that. God's saying, I'm, I'm ready to equip you and anoint you. Let's go. I'm ready to use you to change the lives of people. I know we have youth ministry majors in here. The biggest mistake you can make at Lee is to think your ministry starts after Lee. That is the biggest mistake you can ever make. Not even youth ministry majors. If you think your ministry starts after Lee, man, you got a rude awakening once Lee's done. Because you're going to have no clue where you're going. It starts now. After Peter sank in the water after he had enough faith to step out. He sunk. Y'all remember that story? That's always kind of blew my mind a little bit because I'm like, God, why wouldn't you be gracious and just allow him to walk? Like he had enough faith to step it out, like cut him some slack. And so Jesus talked to him. But here's what Jesus didn't do after he sunk. He didn't get back on the land, and then Jesus is like, all right, now you're taking a time out. Like, we're going to put a pause on this whole ministry thing. Like, I'm going to go out and heal the sick, and you're going to sit there on the boat, and you're just going to think about what you did, Peter, because you messed up, and now you're unqualified. Ye of little faith, like, you're not even allowed to touch anybody to heal him the next few months because you sunk. That's not what happened. In the next passage of Scripture, in the Scriptures after, like, it talks about how Peter was just walking with Jesus. And he kept walking with him. And he kept moving with him. I think there's some people in this place that you've sunk before. That you've tried this once. Like you've tried this, like, God, I pray for an anointing. And you went out into your school and you sunk. And instead of getting out of the boat, getting out of the water, drying off and moving on what God has next for you, you just decided, you know what, I'm not going to even try walking on water anymore. I'm done with this stuff. Can I share a little bit of my testimony with you? Some of you have heard it, some of you have not. Two and a half years ago, (laughs) I was a youth pastor at a church, and I had an engagement ring bought for somebody that I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with. And I thought I was walking in what God had called me to walk in to, but I was so misled and so wrong. <laughs> I was so wrong. I was walking into something that was forced. I was, my, my, the intention of my heart was right. I wanted to do things for God, but I was opening up doors for me that weren't just open right away. And then because of that, in a month's time, I faced the greatest breakup I've ever had in my life, went through depression, lost, I lost my job at the church, not for any bad reason, but because of things that went on. Like, I was completely, like, my entire life was taken from me in the matter of two months because I was trying to walk into an anointing that wasn't there for me. I was trying to open up a door that was shut. And then I got to a place, you know, I dried off like Peter did. I got out of the water for the second, and I paid more attention to Jesus. 
And now within two and a half years' time, I'm standing in front of you today in a ministry that's greater than anything I could have asked for or imagined. I'm walking in the anointing of God, and I'm engaged to the amazing girl playing keyboard. God can shift it that quickly if you walk in your anointing. But some of you are trying to open the doors that have already been closed. And you're frustrated and you're like, you know what, Sam? I'm not experiencing this anointing. Nobody's getting set free. Nobody's moving. Nobody's outside of my school because you're opening doors that have already been closed. The anointing's easy. Just receive it and just walk into it. It's nothing you got to force open. You don't got to go searching for people. God's got the people right there. It's your team. It's the people that are looking at you every day. You don't have to search for it. It's open and easy. So I'm going to open up this altar one more time. And if nobody comes, that's okay. But I think there's a couple more people in this place tonight that God's beating on your heart extremely hard right now. And you need to go into this next season of life walking into the anointing that he's called you to. But you're too busy getting frustrated about how you got wet six months ago. God's calling you. Come now in Jesus' name.